Sorry, we're late. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not sure even if anybody's watching because of the the soccer <laughs> game tonight. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see though. We'll just be talking amongst ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, welcome to uh, Noptwillis sixty-two, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and tonight we have uh, Kamaru joining us from Berlin. What's up? Yep. I'm good. Pretty calm. <laughs> Everything looks really nice and zen in your in your place, uh, Joseph. <laughs> no, it's very minimal and yeah, super calm in my flat and yeah, it's where I get like play around its toys and make music. Yeah. Awesome. And also joining us is Luke Slater from the UK and he'll he'll be watching um he'll keeping an eye on the screen uh, to the side of him to see yeah. what his uh, <laughs> fellow Englishmen are doing tonight but so um, yeah. good luck man <laughs> hey, I'm uh, just, yeah I'm just curious, so curious yeah 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 no big deal eh <laughs> no, no. um and also we have uh lady starlight the lovely the queen of the machine drum again <laughs> on the <laughs> on the chat good to see you colleen how are you good to see you too i'm good nice enjoying one enjoying the nice weather enjoying the warm weather yeah Very so happy. yeah yeah kamara was telling me it was hot in berlin what's the yeah. what's the weather situation there I think, no i think it's yeah. not so it's hot but like the, there's also like a week where it was super hot but oh yeah yeah it's okay yeah yeah Take it while we can. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, the, we, we just decided to come together because um, uh, the one thing that kind of uh, um, connects all of us is our participation in this wonderful project that Luke started uh, called Dialogue. And maybe, um, maybe, Luke, you can explain to people what, what that's all about. Yeah, I mean, if, if anybody is watching, if they haven't, uh, if it's all a bit new, um, because it's it's only the project's only just got released digitally, I think. So the vinyl's not even out yet. Uh, but sort of to you know to sum it up in elevator pitch, come on. <laughs> Ele elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, step one, there was a lockdown. Everywhere. <laughs> that too, none of us were uh, doing any gigs. We were all suddenly, uh, you know, isolated. And I found that immensely difficult to uh, not have any contact with anyone to do with music. And uh, kind of realized, I, for me, I, I got that so much from doing gigs that I didn't even realize I got that much from doing gigs. Um, you know, 
totally isolated. So after ringing, you know, any people I knew just to say, how you doing, how you getting on, I, I kind of wanted to re do something musically uh, instead of words. So I, uh, I got on this thing behind me here, uh, which arrived just before the pandemic, which was very nice. Good timing. Yeah. Good timing. And got, you know, I thought, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay down, you know, twenty to twenty minutes of um, something, you know, just something nice that I like, some kind of atmospheres, nothing pre-programmed, just roll with it. So I ended up with this this uh, part, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if I could somehow? Um, I did it with video as well. I videoed it and recorded the audio at the same time. I thought, wouldn't it be great if someone else could collaborate with this? And I got to thinking, ah, there's all the experiments with the internet, you know, um, you know, not unlike what you've done, you can actually live collaboration. I thought, well, maybe there's a kind of a way of doing this that's a little bit different that doesn't rely um on the internet connections and things like that so basically i, I rang up tony surgeon i said no nah, tony how you doing <laughs> yeah I've done, you know i've done this uh i've got this idea that i'm going to send you a bit of video with some audio and you take that and play it off to the side of of your you know um of what i want you to do and i want you to pick one machine and just play over the top invent something over the top to, that might go with it don't don't try don't overthink it don't don't pre-plan anything just listen to what i've done watch what i've done uh set up your video camera get the good quality audio onto it and you know record what you feel over the top so he was really into it i sent it off to him he sent it to me back so i had two pieces now and um i think the first one i reached out to a guy called tom moth who's a harp player he lives down the road from me and tom i know he's quite into experimental stuff what he does what he did in gigs as a job was quite standard harp but he's totally into this whole experimental harp playing which sounds really different from sims uh so i sent them both to him he did his bit and then i got three parts back i mixed them together put the video together and i was kind of blown away really i thought wow you know this you know we've kind of had some kind of conversation musically with each other and it and it just works really well it just it just sounds good so you know i, I wouldn't have even known whether it would have come out good or not but it just somehow came out really good. So I put that one together and then I couldn't stop. So, uh, <laughs> so I reached out, you know, I reached out to you, Jochen and, and uh, Joseph. And uh, last but not least, Miss Lady Starlight. <laughs> and um, there's, there's four of them in total. It's, it's taken about a year to get them where they should be and um, for the right, the, the idea of the concept and how they look and how they sound. 
and the right message to try and put them out there. And yeah, I'm very extremely happy that they've, they've just been released digitally on Oscar now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was something, something born out of just the need to be with other musicians and bounce ideas. Um, something that really, I probably wouldn't have done it, you know, if it hadn't been for the lockdown, I probably wouldn't have felt the need. Um, so something born out of that realization, just how isolation, uh, I found it pretty, pretty hard going, pretty hard going. Loads of people do, I'm sure, but I wonder if there, there must be something there because, you know, when the whole dialogue project was going along, it wasn't like I had to really explain much to, uh, to you or Joseph or Tony or Tom or, or, or you, Colleen. It was like, it was kind of a natural thing. But I think that's as well down to the people who are involved. I think just having the ear to, collaborate in that way is 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 a kind of a special thing um if i had more time i wanted to reach as, as far around the world as i could you know i had this uh, because when um i didn't know joseph before i i met joseph through tony and tony, uh, joseph at the time was in you you're in nairobi right okay i was in nairobi then yeah yeah so <laughs> that part he did he, he's still over there and i had this idea of you know this could reach musicians all over because you, it's not a live collaboration it's a it's a live collaboration domino effect of video and audio recorded in stages uh, yes yeah recorded in stages yeah but what, the, the, the thing i like is it's not rehearsed so the what you see in the video and what you hear in the audio is one take there's no editing, um, mistakes and everything. If you can call them mistakes, you know, but probably not, but it's, everything's just in there on that take and nothing gets chopped out. Um, and I like that, that you're, you're seeing and hearing what happened at the time. Um, it's a good document, I think. Um, it's really yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, it came out absolutely great and it was really fun to participate, uh, in it. Um, and yeah, you, you like you said, you you did have some kind of not really rules, but like um, a format to it, you know, because you said okay, <clears throat> you can use one instrument or or one instrument and an effect, and you need to yeah. record it in one take. That was basically yeah. um, the idea. So yeah. no editing, like you said, no uh, rehearsing, or whatever. Um, no. So uh, yeah, did everybody stick to the to the, to those rules or? Did <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of limitation, isn't it? I think it's yeah. um, you know we've all got so many options. I think you know even within a computer you've got so many options. So I like that idea of um, no, you're going to have to choose one thing and just make the most of it. Mm. You know, I think that's a it's a good um, practice in my head. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I personally got the. Um, uh, I was at the third stage. So what you sent, uh, what you made on your Colossus was sent to Joseph. Then Joseph added his part, and I, I was the last one, to kind of, um, you know, smear the mix, <laughs> and kind of <laughs> fill the fill the gaps. You know, whatever. Uh, what what stage of the project did you get, uh, Colleen? Uh, 
thing, the last one. The last one, okay. Yeah, which I thought, which it's, I was, as I was doing it, it was interesting because I was thinking, oh, this is great. It, it's kind of like each one has its own challenge and its own benefit. So it was interesting to think, I'm like, wait, is this the best one or is this the worst one? I can't really decide. <laughs> I was like, well, it's the one I have, so it was great. But I really, um, the thing about the last one is that you can then listen and hear what needs, what's not there. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, you know, when you're like Luke, when you're doing the first thing, you're just laying the groundwork and creating, you know. That's the easy bit. Yeah. yeah. But not, <laughs> but it's not the easy bit. It's all, each one is, each one is difficult because in the middle, you have to then leave space for the third one. So right. everyone has right. to restrain themselves in a different way. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to do even more and have different people at different stages and see. Because that would be interesting for me to think, oh, well, what would the, you know, the first stage be or the second, you know, it would be interesting yeah. to see what I mean, it would be like. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's even the idea of taking your performance, you know, putting it with speed is and a different oh, one. Yeah, you could totally you know, do kind of, Yeah. I haven't tried it, but, you know, there's yeah. all these sort of things, you know, you could do, but. I'm still in love with the idea of sort of reaching out to someone, you know, on the other side of the world and just, and and it's not purely a synth based thing. I mean, we, we all um, are involved in that and I know you guys, but I think you can do it with any instrument with an effect. So I like to think there's a sitar player who, dabbles with all experimental stuff that I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there is, you know, but I wouldn't know, but just involving those kind of things. I think it's, it just really interests me. I mean, the mu- the music is, can be beautiful and difficult. So I think that's what I like about it as well. It's not like, like we've done a kind of a, just a, a lovely thing. There's, if you, when I listen to them, they kind of, they can be beautiful, but they can descend into quite some dark areas and then kind of, <laughs> lose them, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I like, yeah, personally, I, I, that's, that's being human, right? You know, we're not like that. We're kind of all over the place, you know, <laughs> I love that. I really love that about it. You know, you probably get termed as all oh, that's difficult to listen to. Yeah. Well, I, what I what I really like about I think you made a really nice choice of um, making the original foundation that you recorded uh, between like thirty or sort of like twenty five around the twenty five minute mark basically or the twenty minute right. mark yeah. because it's too long to just keep on doing the same thing and yeah. uh, so you you eventually when you are playing over top of something that is that has that length you know you find yourself taking a turn at some point you know like and like taking in taking it to, to in into some other direction because mm. it's it yeah it's just too a little bit too long to to leave it in one sort of yeah. um space all the time you know you get bored yeah 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 difficult for me i i i did enjoy like the idea of like using one instrument and like limiting yourself like solely to like one thing or like one tool and it happened when you reached out I was like doing lots of one take recordings and just like leaving them as they are and 
yeah when you sent in the your your part i was like listening back to this and because when you like hit record you, there's no like pausing and starting again it's just like finishing the the, <laughs> the piece itself yeah 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 you're on the spot and just hope yeah. it works out you know yeah i guess i guess very much like uh you know in the days of tape and stuff you you know stuff got laid down on tape and there was no going back and uh you could record it again but you couldn't you know you couldn't um you had to get on with it when you started mm. <laughs> yeah uh asan 01a is asking why the limitation of no rehearsal and planning luke because because it's more exciting it's more i i'm i think I, I've always felt this, that if you're making a piece of music, the uh, to capture that thing, whatever, it doesn't matter what style it is, but if you can capture that thing that's coming out there and then, then that, that's, that's the main core of the job. And to do that, I think you need to be very quick and very decisive and not think about things too much, just, just do it. And um, I think by rehearsing, I'm sure I would have done, and maybe maybe we all would have done, um, you know, okay, that's not bad, but let's try that again. I'll do a different bit in the middle or start messing around with it. And as soon as you get into that kind of loop, I think it's very hard to find a point where you go, yeah, that's good. And then by then you've thought about it too much and, it, and yeah. you've lost kind of original that thing yeah um, did, did any of you did any of you actually do uh, multiple takes or just had one go and that was it yeah it was I one did go. Takes. i did two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay don't but tell look don't tell me <laughs> because i couldn't get the i couldn't get the audio i couldn't get no, the, i only you know, recorded I one i only recorded one but I did have to, I couldn't figure it was more like I couldn't, I couldn't uh, figure out how to record it. It was more of a kind of, it was like, wait, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to start it at this point? Did you guys not listen to it beforehand? Yeah, I no, did. I, One through, I did. Yeah. 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 Yeah, basically, I played it once, and then um, already, you know, it was already quite um, uh, a composition that already was pointing in some kind of direction, you know, because it had Luke's uh, part and Joseph's part already in there. Yeah. Um, and you know, Luke's part was like um, bassy and kind of rhythmical, and then Joseph's part was more sort of floaty chord type stuff, you know. I think you used the lyra, right? The yeah, soma lyra. Yeah, I use the later for this. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. Thing. Yeah. So, so I, I was thinking just to do something more percussive, you know, because it everything else was was already there basically. So I kind of chose an instrument to kind of fill the gaps basically, and I listened to it once, and then I just um, did the take just in one go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like Luke said, you know, if you if you think about it too much, if you even if you rehearse it, I think, um, you know, you, your sort of uh, most intuitive things are usually the best ones if you play like this. Um, and if once you start thinking about it too much, then you kind of lose the spontaneity of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think maybe that comes across. I hope that comes across to people. I hope that that's a positive thing that comes across that 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 vibe. It's yeah, kind of there, you know. Yeah. On, on the other hand, do do you think it it matters how how it how it's made that people should know how it's made, or I would I would you know, or you can just enjoy it for the, for what it is, I guess. Yeah. Without, no, I, without knowing how it's done, right? You mean like technically? Yeah. No, I think I think uh, you know discussing I, I you know whether I use the Colossus and. Um, Joseph used the uh, the lyre, and you use the resonant garden on R one. I'm interested in that stuff, and I love it. But I think I don't think it's that important for. I don't want people to. You know, it's great on here. I'm sure there's a lot of people that may be <laughs> interested, and that's great. You know, but I, th I think maybe 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 it's an interesting concept for people that they know what they're hearing is. Uh, you know, it's kind of us having a go. Mm. It's live to an extent. There's, you know, that that kind of point is, look what we did and we did it in, we just put this together. This isn't some kind of rehearsed thing. I kind of like that idea that maybe people will, that will help people feel things. But technically, I don't, I don't think it's important, really. It's it's nice for us because we just like gear. <laughs> yeah, I was not really talking about the 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 gear, you know, but more like, um, okay, there is this piece of music. It came together in stages. It was recorded in one take. All that that information, you know, like uh, mm. um, it is it is it makes it more, uh, you know, if you have that context, it, you might listen to it differently. But I think, you know, any any piece of music should should just be. You know, enjoyed and judged or whatever by what it is. You know, what it eventually has had become. Would it? Would it? Do you think it? Do you think it makes any difference whether people know anything? No, that's what I'm asking myself. I don't think so. No. Well, that's probably yeah. good. If they like yeah. it just because of the music, that's that's uh, that's a goal, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think with those things, it's kind of like. You can, they can work on different levels. Like you can just appreciate the music, but if you want to, you can also, um, you know, be inspired by the concept. So I feel like they kind of, you could look at it both ways almost. It's not like a, it could matter if you wanted to go deeper into the process. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Or you could just be like, cool, sounds cool. It is cool. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I like to know what people are thinking and I like concepts because, um, yeah, it's just interesting to, to listen, to, to, to think about what's a musician is thinking, you know, sometimes it's also good not to know because sometimes you find out and you're like, Oh, that's really not cool at all. Okay. You know, you're super disappointed, but often yeah, when it comes to electronic music, I feel like it's somehow more interesting to know what somebody is doing and you know things can the process again could be something that's important mm. in a way that perhaps mm. kind of more traditional forms of music the process if it's if you're judging a song maybe the process is not so important but with electronic music i think it's it's uh it's very uh i find it very interesting how people 
are what they're thinking while they're um, to get that end result. Hmm. <clears throat> what did you What did you end up using for your part, Colleen? I used um, the uh, Mark Verbos, the Verbos Electronics Complex Oscillator in my Eurorack, and then I used the Eventide uh, H9, which works like the Har the Har modulator. Just put it on anything; and it sounds amazing. It's like the best cheat <laughs> of life. <laughs> Like super boring, you know, baseline. Make it sound good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Does my work for me. <laughs> it was really, I really enjoyed uh, the, it was funny because I hadn't spoken to Tony in a while. And then, you know, I was watching the video and I was like, oh, I just, you know, and then we spoke and I was like, I just performed with you. You know what I mean? It was like the weirdest thing to think he had, and he had no idea. So it was just like, oh, it was a great set. You know, it was really funny because I really did feel like I was performing with yeah. you, Luke and, and Tony. It really felt like, to, it felt like a real collaboration. That's yeah. really great to hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. That's, it's funny because <laughs> that, that that is something I was, I was um, not really worried about, but, you know, sort of wondering about, uh, because you're not in the same room, you, you don't really sort of uh, uh, feel the energy of the person that you're jamming with, you know. And still, uh, when I was doing my take, I, I felt like I was playing together with other people, you know. It's like, uh, um, maybe also because I just listened to it once, so I, you know, it still had surprises in there. Um, um, but yeah, so I thought it was going to be too, more different than it actually ended up being, you know. It was still quite like a, like you said, like a collaboration. Um, but it had this real-time element to it because it needed to be done in one take, you know. And so you are at the same kind of focus as you are when you're doing something live with another person in the same room. So that's yeah. how I felt anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I, I felt that. Doing and quite a um, I don't know whether responsibility is the right word, but um, you know I certainly felt that kind of uh, you know um, well exactly what you're saying the presence of the other performances. I mean when when um, on dialogue one when I gave that uh, beat spoke my, my past majority of it's a B and. I gave it to Joseph. I didn't know what Joseph was going to do, but I knew his music from what he'd released. So I was kind of totally in the dark. Whether he, I, initially I thought, oh, Joseph's probably going to go for a kind of a, you know, a nice kind of a pad, quite a pad, quite mellow, you know. And he just walked it in with this this beat, <laughs> and which was great. You know, and it t it totally it took me back, and I thought, okay, all right, we're going. You know, <laughs> okay, you know, and that and that was. It, it, I just loved that. You know, that sort of it was unpredictable, and you know, I guess I mean, it when you came to do it, Joseph, did you sort of um, did you kind of just go with like? You know, I'm feeling this kind of thing. You know, you just roll with the kind of whatever was you're feeling at the time, or did you? I it happened when I just like got the lira like in Nairobi, and maybe some few weeks, and having like 
it happened when I made my record peel and it's like basically the same idea and concept of like one take recordings and just sort of live improvised recording and like if if it doesn't fit you just like have to do it again and for this one when you mentioned like the idea of one instrument is like i need to use this later because <laughs> i enjoyed the sound and how intuitive and like random it is and yeah, yeah. so after listening to your piece and like listening through and deciding what will happen i had like back of my mind what the piece could be but yeah when i found like this chords like this three notes or something i knew like this is going to be like something different and i was open for like what will happen and yeah just let it let it roll yeah so yeah. did you did you have a your head around the uh, the lira when you were using it because it can be kind of like a a hard one to 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 control you know like uh did you have enough time with it to uh to give you the confidence to use it yeah i think i had a month and like the first few weeks um i was trying to like attune myself to the sound because it was different noisy and like something that i i wasn't close to yet and after because I, I did lots of like jams on it and recorded so many one take recordings with it and during the piece like the dialogue thing um yeah i knew that i have to like tame it and use it yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good word for <laughs> to use tame it rail it in yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it came out great. I mean, the the um, basically um, what you, and I ended up with was like a, a very well, you know, defined already. So um, it was already, you know, it had a, it had a, a lot of character, you know, with uh, the screaming uh, lira and uh, the bassy stuff from the Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It was, and Joseph, uh, it was quite... did you know that Joachim was going to do it? Did you know who was going to add to it at the time when you did it? Um, I, I, I'm no. not sure. Um, I don't think so. Oh, no. okay. That's even more interesting yeah. thinking. I'm just like, <laughs> mm. good luck. It was, it, was kind of, it was quite a chaotic process because actually I reached out to some other people as well along the way. And I was quite surprised because... Um, I uh, reached out to some people I know from, uh, you know, some playing gigs. And I was quite surprised that some people I thought would kind of be right there in the mindset for this kind of thing. They just, it was a really alien concept I was trying to explain. And I learned that, you know, that it's not like everyone can just go, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you, you want me to experiment with sounds and, you know, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's, not a straight, it's not as easy as that. And some people, and there's nothing wrong with it, just, just don't, don't think like that. Yeah. Don't have, don't, cannot, cannot do that. And um, that's fine, you know. Everyone can do different things. But it was, you know, I kind of steamed out there at different times and thought it would it would be easy to uh um for other people to do it as well but it's 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 not always like that so 
Um, I think you, Joachim, you... I don't know how... I can't actually remember how you got to do the part on it. Sorry, <laughs> I what? Can't, I can't, can't even remember how, at what stage you got involved in the project. Well, you send me know. you send me the, the the video, the combined video of yourself and uh, and Joseph. That's what I got, and um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was pretty soon after you you recorded that. I think, and I, and I, I think I also returned it in, in pretty quickly after that. So, um, oh, you didn't hang around, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was you know you know it it was basically right up my street, you know, because I was doing these you know improvisation sets here in at, at yeah, store cool. and so i was really into the improv mode you know and uh, i was like yeah i you know i'll do it <laughs> no worries yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll get something down yeah so um yeah so uh, um what else i mean um yeah maybe we shouldn't talk about the exact details but there is also a live performance uh, version of this that we did somewhere at some time somewhere sometime some yeah. with some people which is which is gonna come out and um at some point uh, yeah. and it ended up being uh pretty hard to to organize because um you know first of all you know travel restrictions and everything um uh, blah 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 but we ended up playing um a version life which was eventually due to circumstances joseph and myself doing the actual in-person together um live set so we actually played live together yeah. and then uh and then luke got sent those parts <laughs> and added his bit <laughs> I did. Yeah. so it, eventually eventually it was the plan was to be together with the three of us and do it and then do it real live in person yeah. Uh, but then things happened, and and it turned into some kind of classic dialogue uh, <laughs> situation. Yeah. <again. laughs> yeah, at least it fit with the idea, I guess. But, yeah. yeah, I would have liked to have been. There. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I guess yeah. We can't we can't expand on that, can we? <laughs> no. Some point. <laughs> Yeah. No, we we can't. But I mean, the end, the end result sounds uh, sounds amazing. I mean, I think it's a you know it was a it was funny because Joseph and I were playing this thing at that location, and uh, we were both you know we we didn't we haven't we hadn't played together before, so that's that's the first thing you know like uh, and you know uh, you just have to trust in each other that you're not gonna fuck it up basically <laughs> and and um i think we managed well you know but we we were also you know there was some like people around there was not a crowd but there were people around and for some reason if you are amongst people and there's an energy of a room and stuff like that you know you tend to be more sort of um you know in performance mode if you know what i mean and so we had to really take care of ourselves to uh to watch that we were not going to you know completely smear everything and and have some space open for Luke to to add his bit you know yeah. um yeah you didn't go so there yeah there were many challenges going on at at the same time you know not having to play and not having play together only having one shot and uh and not having the third person there which was yeah. <laughs> yeah. a wow. bit of a challenge yeah. yeah do you think I'm curious um because I couldn't get there uh, because you were on the dialogue, the original dialogue with Joseph, Joachim, 
when it came to doing it live, was there anything from doing the recording that kind of gave you some kind of, uh, you know, okay, we, 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 you know, we're both involved in this. We've sort of collaborated in a different way. So it made it um, less of a kind of uh, cold introduction. Or, oh, absolutely. Or, or was it just a totally different experience to um, the dialogues which were recorded separately? Well, I think the dialogues, uh, the, the big difference was that everybody who participated in this was in the comfort of their own studio, you know? Yeah. So, you know, you know your sound, you know your gear, and, um, you know, there's less pressure like that, you know? Uh, mm. But being in a in a room with other people and and having you know a film crew around you is uh, um, yeah it just makes it a different kind of vibe if you know what I mean. So that that changed it a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I mean uh, what what the first what the dialogue you know with the recording of the of the of the project uh, how it turned out and I, I looked I looked into. Uh, Joseph's work in more depth, you know, to see what he was, he was, what he was up to. I knew a few things after you first introduced him to me, but uh, just dove in and just checked most of his stuff out, and then, uh, you know, it gave me a confidence. Okay, you know, this guy is in this kind of mindset, you know, and I'm, I'm 100% sure this is going to be great, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is just a, a matter of trusting. The other person, I think that's the most important thing yeah. when you play live. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, actually, Joseph? Yeah, for me, actually, I didn't like plan much for this one. I was just trying to be like super open and like sporadic and seeing what will happen because I just like traveled and came. And um, I knew Joachim's work before, but like I'd, and also like the introduction from the initial project, I knew that. Um, it's like there's already a collaboration that happened and this is like the in-person conversation that will happen again. So um, I just did a little preparation and revisited like the project itself and crafted some things that could work for, for this. But um, mm. yeah, and just like the leader again and not knowing what will happen and also just being open-minded and for I think I usually feel for like live performances with another artist is more of like listening to one another and making space for each other. It's also Definitely. still a dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's a really good point because, um, yeah, like uh, the most important thing you have to focus on when you're playing with another person is um, on listening to what the other person is doing, not in, I mean, people think you have to do something like you have to uh, sometimes you have to initiate things. But most of the time it's just, um, you know, just listen to where things are going and just respond to that or or, you know, or not even respond or just leave it going, whatever. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I think I think, um, you know, for the f playing with you for the first time, it went quite smooth, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think that like with whenever you're, you know, I think the key to good collaborations is that the other person like you ha in order to do good collaborations, you have to like let go of your ego. So oh, this yeah. is like something that is really important that yeah, f 
for me, I, the challenge of holding back is so much more impressive than doing something. So knowing that I'm listening and filling things in is like more rewarding than just performing something and presenting my idea. I find that like, cause it's so much harder, I think, than maybe people realize that you really have to like, you have to be relaxed and you have to just be focused in that moment and not think about yourself and think about the total performance, everything as a whole, that you're part of this thing with other people. So I, I imagine that some people might find that difficult, understandably, you know, mm. that it's, yeah. it's not the, I, I think it's easy, but then I, like you had said, Luke, I forget that it's not really all that easy for some people, but yeah, it's just a, it's a very particular mindset. And, uh, yeah, well, I guess it is hard yeah. a bit because we all have some kind of ego, you know, yeah. to a degree. It's a human condition. It's controlling that, you know, depending how big your ego is. It's um, If you're playing, you kind of naturally want to broadcast. Yes. So, so I I think you're right. It's it's the skill and the hard, the hard thing is kind of is pushing the other way. You know, for for the greater good. I think that's I think that is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And rewarding when you when you do it, and Mm. also like rewarding in a way that like nobody the crowd is not knowing what you're doing, but everybody else that you're with does understands. Ah, yes. So, look, I saw some people in the in the chat, you know, uh, wanting to find out about the project. So, do you know where they can find it at the moment? Where where they should be, they be looking? Probably the best place is to go to Oscarton's Bandcamp site, uh, where the information and the release and everything is, is up there. And. Um, that that's that's really the best place. Just Oscarton Bandcamp. Um, there is going to be some vinyl coming. I think it's quite limited as well, as far as I know. Um, and I'm really looking really looking forward to having it on vinyl actually, definitely. But um, yeah, all the information's up there. Cool. So, are you? Do you have any plans to continue it? Because you just said you had this idea to, um, you know, try this project with uh, people from all over the planet. I mean, yeah. um, I do, any, I do. any concrete, any concrete plans? Are you continuing it or? Well, I thought you know because these four came together and um, Oscar are going to put them out. I thought, okay, that's that's really that's so good. I thought I just wait now to see um what to do because um i'm curious as well now everything's opened up pretty much everywhere you know it's much more than it ever was last year is how that it will all pan out in terms of uh getting in contact with people and even the mindset yeah even though it's not a lot you know, it, it's not something negative born out of lockdown, I don't think. I'd like to think that in the future people would love to get involved just because of the idea of doing it. Um, so it's not um, something... I, I always had this idea that it can just keep on rolling, really. Um, no no 
heavy time schedule just you know you, you meet different people you come across different people saying oh you know that's this project maybe you'd like to get involved and um you know and so it so it goes on because the dialogues can take quite a long time to finish mm. and i think that's fine you know you can have two two people who have done parts and that can sit there for months until somebody comes along mm. and uh, is the right person to add to it yeah it can be it can be a logistical nightmare to <laughs> to yeah. to get it all to the end you know yeah yeah but you know i'd like i'd like to think the concept is is um, exciting in some way and hopefully hopefully there will be more you know cool yeah nice one um actually i was uh, if you don't mind uh i'm really interested in um um field recording i i just uh, started doing sound packs again with my field recorder and i know that joseph is a, an avid uh, recordist um yeah. do you have any thing to share about that because um i mean the thing is with field recording it's it's uh, the most important thing about it is uh i mean i've 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 done it but i haven't done it for so long but um you'll be surprised how many sounds are actually around you um and how many sounds can uh interfere with the thing you're trying to record you know what i mean <laughs> it's uh you know you think oh, i'm gonna you know just uh, pick up this sound and then when you listen back there's all this stuff happening which can be a good thing but if you really were after going for this isolated sound um you know it, there's always so much else going on so do you, what what is your system do you have a do you have a kind of uh, strategies or or uh, things to share about that yeah maybe i can say how i started actually because for me it was just like this realization of how there's so much sound around me that i wasn't aware of or just buying a, a zoom recorder and putting my headphone on and like sort of you can control the environment by increasing like the gain and having this world around you and back then in Nairobi when I was like collecting so much sound I wasn't like really I was just interested with sounds that are happening around me and capturing them but at the moment it's more focused and like intentional I I visit like the sites or like places I want to record and sort of have like a dialogue or being attuned to like this place and even think of like the sound that could happen or I could record so yeah at some point I even don't isolate um or like really edit much of the sounds that are happening or if I really want something focused and maybe see what time of the day that this isn't so much happening or yeah it depends with the with a specific place and yeah just trying to like like visit the places even before like recording and just like listen to the spaces and make an effort again to go back there and actual do the actual recording or something yeah has it uh, do you feel has it has changed the way you listen 
Yeah, quite a lot because um, sort of your ears like don't sleep and sometimes it's very, I don't know if it's annoying, but like you hear so much sound and you try and like mute them, but they're still present and you just have to accept that there's so much sound around you. Like in Berlin, the, my move here, I was just so annoyed with the ambulances and the sirens here because it was super loud. <laughs> and having to like adjust to like understand why the sirens here are super loud and yeah sometimes I just like carry um plugs and walk in the street so that like at least they're not as loud but yeah you just have to um embrace the sounds that are happening outside yeah yeah berlin is actually quite an oh sorry sorry luke no, 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 you go. Yeah, I mean, I did some recording in Berlin as well. And, I, I, you know, I, th I think it has a very specific sound, you know, because of the, the spaciousness and, um, and also the sound bouncing of, um, of walls. There is some, there's a quality to it, you know, like a very, it's, it almost, almost already sounds very ambient. For, for a city, it sounds very quiet and very uh, spaced out. It has a very sort of um, long... Um, yeah long reverb and a sort of undertone you know it's like mm -hmm. they're, 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 you know some cities have a really sort of aggressive buzz and a very um you know uh yeah hectic kind of vibe to it and berlin has a very quiet very stretched out mm -hmm. very ambient type vibe to it yeah that's true yeah, yeah. i think London. it's because it's it's super spacey like the the there's so much space on the roads and like the church bells resonates so much. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Joseph, you know, how long, when did you start recording outdoors of just the general sounds around you? When, when did you start doing that? Maybe five, five, five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what have you ever used them? with music or you know do you like them just the way they are as uh, yeah in Initial, yeah initially it was like using this as um like my sample library and editing the sounds and layering them or like using them as instruments or like putting them in a sampler and playing them and hmm. yeah it's been changing later because Back then, I didn't know much about like the practice and field recording, then reading and just like experimenting more and doing lots of field trips. Um, I started using most of like the recordings as raw as they are, but I still like use them as samples or like instruments as themselves. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. When did you yeah, move to Berlin? Last year, I've been here for eight months now. Yeah. Okay, nice. Hopefully, maybe we'll get to hang out sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you use them in a, in their raw form, and otherwise, other times you still put them through effects or uh, kind of manipulate them. Yeah, because like I use lots of granular synthesis on field recordings because there's so much textures 
from them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you do get like a pretty non-standard sounding sort of background noises and and even synth sounds tonal stuff if the source is something that is a live recording rather than a synth or an electronic mm. source. Mm. It does add, add like a, a load of character to it. Yeah. But they're yeah. quite complex noises, natural noises, aren't they? Really? You know, when you, it's not like one tone. It's, you know, you can uh, feel recording. You, you can be right down, have a lot of sub. You can have so much along the frequency filling things up. But when, when, you, when you're listening with your ears, I think it sounds different to a recording. You can really hear the thickness of a field, field recording rather than what you hear with your ear. I've always, I've always thought it's it's much more, uh, I don't know, in your face. I th I th a friend of mine decades ago, when I first kind of discovered ambient music, Brian Eno and Harold Bard and people like that, I, I asked him how he listens to ambient music. I mean, proper ambient music, you know, very... <laughs> Real ambient music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real. You know, not sort of like with loads of tricks in it or anything, but real, you know, atmosphere. And, um, <laughs> he goes, he said to me, well, it's funny, I, I listen to music with beats in really quietly, and I listen to ambient music really, really loud. Mm. And uh, that kind of stuck with me, and I thought, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, so... It's I I love listening to those kind of recordings really loud, rather than just the background. I'm kind of really I've always been into that, um, turning things up when it comes to soundscapes. Um, just find it interesting. But, yeah, that is really interesting because then it becomes overwhelming in a way, in a good way. Of like, <laughs> yeah, it's really in your face. You know? Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It happens like when I'm like recording outside and maybe a new pair of, of microphones and I put my headphones on and I'm listening maybe for like very long hours. Then when I put out, it's like everything is silent. And like when you're listening through this microphone, it's like an extended pair of ears, which are like. Yeah, like having a hearing aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, you, which you can control, yeah. Which is interesting, yeah. So, you, do you do you actively hunt for places you want to record, Joseph? At the moment in Berlin, I haven't been recording as much. Um, I'm more of like listening through my archive and trying to remember, like where they happen, because it's interesting. I don't know if it happens to you and do like recordings or even voice notes, trying to recall where it happened yeah. or there's a sense of memory from sounds there. Yeah, I can usually tell, but I'm, I'm, uh, I try to, I try to archive things in a proper way so I can find them back, you know, but, um, I'm not, I, I don't always succeed. <laughs> so sometimes there is a bunch of sounds that I, I've, I have no idea where they came from. You know, I just forgot to uh, <laughs> forgot to mark what, what it was. It's funny listening to those things, though. It's like rediscovering mm -hmm. something completely uh, unknown. You know, uh, it's really funny. 
Have you done any uh, recordings, uh, field recordings, um, uh, Colleen? Not, not really. I don't have a good recorder, but I really would. It's something I'm always like, ah, oh, I should invest money in that, but but then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Some someday soon, because there are things that you can't. Um, yeah, the what you can the the operator the. Like the creative possibilities with doing field recordings are just like there's nothing else. So it's something like that I feel like I'm missing. So this is something that I really want to do because, you know, every. Yeah, it's just like an endless uh, the freedom that it feels like when you can take. That anything is a sound source and it's just very. uh gets you out of um it it ex it like expands your mind man <laughs> like, but it really does that's it sounds like you know what i mean so because you get when you're with an instrument or a synth or something it there's always that like per parameter thing that gets to you but when you um you know just with recording the environment it's nothing you could ever get with any kind of machine that's built for sound making. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's all uh, unintentional, you know. You capture yeah. something which is just happening and um you you basically find the bits that you want to use, but it, everything you know how it came to into being is basically just uh you know, totally unintentional. There's no script for it. There's no uh so it's basically finding Sort of rediscovering the sounds when you listen back to them, you know, like uh, just sort of curating the bits out of it. Um, um, yeah, it's cool. Do you have any any um, uh, archiving tips, uh, Joseph? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not so good at like archiving, but <laughs> okay. I, I I do like remember most of my recordings when I listen back to them. But it takes all the time. Yeah. So would you then just if you if you're looking for something just scroll through them and have, just listen to them and just you know stumble upon things uh, during the creative process or are you actually seeking out like a set or a kit of of uh, material that you then use to to produce something with? Um, like my recordings are sort of specific where with a with a, with a place and I'd remember like what happened on this specific like place or what was what objects or like tools or things that have happened so maybe i'll have a folder with the title of the location i sometimes i make an effort to name everything after the the session of like recording sounds but other times i just put them in the folder and when i'm like in the creative process i'll just jump on a folder and see what works yeah do do the recordings that you made in a certain environment influence the the music that you make with it or are you just treating them as like cold sounds without any memories attached to it or or do they somehow become part of the inspiration or the the thought process to have, what to create with it yeah i think yeah they do really play a role cuz like like the spaces that i in intentionally want to record to I, I sort of try and stay there longer or like even go back and um, interact with the space even the people who are there or like if I'm in a new environment 
mostly in in Nairobi because that's where I've done so much recordings. I usually like meet people who I don't know and ask them like where interesting sounds could be or just like a listening walk with them and figuring out the sounds that are happening in this space then maybe if I visit the place after a week or month I'd sort of know this location like well and when I'm deciding to use this specific recordings in a project I it's still in the back of my head it's not like I'm separating the recordings from the location itself yeah right what does a Nairobi sound like <laughs> it's yeah it's noise flow is quite loud yeah Mm. Yes, and have you, have you tried asking someone in Berlin where there's interesting sounds and did you get the same reaction? <laughs> no, I haven't like recorded much here. I just like go for listening walks on my own. And yeah, yeah I've just been listening more here actually than recording. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Cool. Have you have you done anything uh, with field recording, uh, Luke? Um, I got into a habit probably about uh, sometime in the 2000s when I was traveling. I'd record all the uh, uh, street performers in whatever oh. country, um, especially drummers, any kind of drummers or any, anything percussive in, in New York and uh, Australia. I've got, I've got a really good didgeridoo player in Australia, I remember. Unfortunately, my archiving's really, really bad, and I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I kind of got into a habit of doing that with a handheld, and I really liked that. It was really. I still got a lot of the, those recordings, the drummer ones, and uh, you know, just have that quality of what it. You know, you got people chatting on the side, mm. and all this kind of atmosphere around them. And I just, you know, I just figured I'd use them in some way at some point. But that's about as far as I went with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I just got inspired by the drummers on the streets because uh, I just, some of them are really, really good. And, well, actually, some street performers in general, some of them are very, very talented. And, uh, um, it's not like these days you can really, if you're a guy, it's like you, you can't really walk up to someone and go, uh, you know, hey, how you doing? You want to come around the studio? You know, <laughs> they, they, they oh, you could. <laughs> you could, but, you know, uh, you kind of, yeah, you might be on, on um, actually a friend of mine uh, in Brighton, uh, he there was a uh, harp player in Brighton and uh, he managed to, uh, he paid, he paid her, but she, she did go back to his flat to record some harp. And, you know, I said to him, wow, you know, you know, wasn't she a bit worried that, you know, you, that's not what you really want. Yeah. yeah. This strange dude coming up. Yeah, but um, yeah, she was actually in the beginning, but I sort of just talked to her for a really long time and, you know, explained that, you know, showed showed some video of me on the machines and stuff like that. Um, 
it's kind of getting off topic a bit really actually but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no street 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 musicians some of the talent i've heard all over the world it's been pretty amazing i think you know um whatever happens to these people i never know it's a mystery hydrophones that's a, a northern dark spot is asking if any one of us has ever used hydrophones uh, i haven't maybe and I was, i'm pretty sure you two haven't uh, luke and uh, colleen have you, uh, it's <laughs> underwater microphone oh right Ooh. yeah yeah i bought one i haven't used it yet but like yeah I haven't used it yet, but I, I've heard recordings <laughs> of hydrophones and quite interesting that there's like this um, underwater sounds, which is just different. But I, I've used an electromagnetic microphone and this one is interesting because there's so much sound in like our houses and studios. And yeah, for me, this one was like, because um, you can't like see these sounds and they're like around us and I did like different compositions during lockdown because I was in the house so much and I had this microphone and recording kitchen electric sounds everywhere in the house and making like composition for different rooms and how they sound. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, actually there's talk about mics now in the chat. Um, I think it's... Do you know what Peter Kern, I think this is Peter Kern, he's talking about uh, Jonas mics. Is that something you you know something about, um, Kamaru? Yeah, the low mics. Yeah, like I know Jonas Grusk, I think it's Gruska or something. And he has this um, low mics that he builds and... Yeah, they just sell out so fast, like after five minutes, like a batch uh, sold out, but like they're really good. And yeah, I'd recommend if you want to like get some microphones. Yeah, it's like low. What? Yeah. Oh, L-O-M. Yeah, okay. So what, yeah. what are they? What's special about them? I think how like the noise flows and how very discreet they are. And also like he builds like this um he has this geophone microphone which you can like record vibrations of the ground or like objects which vibrate and lots of electromagnetic mics and really good um pickup microphones um this em but also uh, just like the normal field recording mics which are very transparent yeah Hmm. Yeah, I stumbled upon a website one time. Maybe this is the one. I don't know, but they had like uh, um, every you know all kinds of sort of exotic microphones. You know, just to especially for field recordists. You know, like uh, hydrophones, uh, the geophones, and all the sort of you know contact whatever. Um, and I, I was nearly there to get into it fully, you know, <laughs> and then I don't, I don't know what happened, but I, I, I kind of shied away from it for a while, but, uh, I'm, I'm really getting into the mindset again. Actually, I re recorded a 3D, 3D printer, uh, a few days ago, which makes incredible, you know, sort of robot noises. The fan is a bit, uh, no noisy, but, you know, if you slow it down, you know, you get these amazing, 
uh, intricate patterns because it's it's moving so fast. You know, you can't actually follow what's what it's doing if you hear it at real time speed. But if you slow it down, it's just incredible. So mm. um, anyway, <laughs> I'll do something with yeah. that some at some point. I've all, uh, you know what? There's um, I think it's in somewhere like Madrid. There's a car park. Uh, and when you close the door that leads to the hotel from the car park, the reverb <laughs> in it is absolutely amazing. It, and you know, I've always wanted to record that. Um, but I've often wondered how to capture the step, you know, the surround effect of that, because you're not going to get that on one mic. It's, it's kind of all you know it's coming everywhere it's it's this huge deep reverb and it it was the car park's linked to a hotel of a gig i did a few times i think it was in spain but so i've been there a few times and each time i swear i'm gonna try and capture this reverb but i, I never got around to it but i guess um technically i don't really know a lot about microphones um so uh i guess there's a way of capturing that in all its glory somehow. yeah there is there is this thing yeah. called the neumann head have you heard about that it it basically has a, is a model of a human head and it has the the microphones uh, mounted in uh, in sort of the ear position and that that is uh, one of the things that can capture uh you know the space of a room uh, apparently quite well and then of course there is uh, rigs of microphones you know you can if you have like a 360 rig or whatever and so pointing in all kinds of in all directions you capture more of the spaciousness of a of a, of a uh, yeah of a space basically so there's all mm. kinds of ways of doing it but you can actually get really good results with, uh, with stereo pair you know and and some of the sort of uh, affordable um, handheld ones are actually quite good, you know, like the uh, the Sony PCM-D100. That's the one I use, and it has quite a, a very convincing uh, spacious feel to it, you know. Uh, depends on the source, and you have to get your levels right, and you have to have it in a clean spot, you know, and point it in the right direction and everything. So there's a bit of tweaking necessary to actually capture something. But if you... Uh, if you listen to it on headphones, if you preview it, you can you can look for the right uh, angle, basically, and and actually capture something very very nicely with a something you can just throw in your bag, you know. Yeah, yeah. What's the one you're using, uh, Kamaru? Um, I have like the Zoom F6, but I it doesn't have like mics, so I connect the low microphones into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. And it's nice because you can also record 32-bit float. And yeah, it's good. Yeah, does it go up to 96 and 24-bit and stuff like that as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Especially when you want to slow down your stuff. You need to get to the higher sample rates, you know, because otherwise it gets all grainy and shitty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which may be what you want. But yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> You have you have the choice to introduce the dirtiness <laughs> afterwards, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's still uh, no goals, uh, Luke. 
if yeah, you, I'm just, if I'm just having a, <laughs> a mild interest on the side. You know, <laughs> mild interest. Yeah, it's probably going to stay like that now. I yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, skipping through the comments, see if there's anything. There's quite a few comments about mics. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, here. Maybe uh, it's another one for Joseph, I guess, because you're working on something in um, in uh, multi-channel audio right now. Uh, have you thought about this? Like, what would be a good mic if you wanted to record a sound moving in space? I guess yeah. you would need multiple mics for starters yeah or this maybe this microphone called by sound mine where you you put them in your ear and unless you're the one who's moving through the space or put it in the object and although it, it records like binaural or yeah what's happening around you like front back up down yeah so maybe this sound mine microphone would be interesting like tiny pair of earphones but they are microphones you put them in your ear yeah have you used them yeah i've used this ones before yeah. cool are you using any uh, any uh, multi-channel uh, recordings like more than two for the project that you're working on no for this one i'm just i have like um ambisonic recordings where it's like multiple recordings and you can put them in different Output, mm. but yeah, mostly channel based. Yeah. Mm. So you like, stuff. yeah. So you like up mixing the stuff from stereo to four channel. Yeah, there's that, and like it's more like hybrid, trying to work both like multi, like channel based, and also with objects. Yeah. So what are the things you're running into? You're working in quad. Yeah, I think. Working in space or like thinking about space is just different because you're not um, thinking about like two outputs. It's like the spatial field. And yeah, it's a bit technical trying to figure out um, like the tools and also like the channels, for example, in Ableton, you can't like really do much, but there's some Max for Live devices which can work, but works best in Reaper because you have like infinite um, channels and yeah, the technical side can take time to set because it's about routing and everything. But once you get like the technical side of it done and yeah, getting to work on the piece itself, it's like fun. But at the moment I'm like doing so many routings from Ableton through Jack to Reaper, yeah, which can, <laughs> yeah, which can make things crash, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how um, this format has been around for ages, and uh, and it's still quite a challenge to to work in in this domain, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yes, well, I mean, I, I know that Logic Apple, you know, they're introducing the the what they call spatial audio, aren't they? Which is basically just another name for another name for another name for another name for <laughs> you know it's the type of surround sound in a way. I've always been really curious. Um, I think the 
problem was with the original surround was that you know you had to sit in a room yeah in a sweet spot yeah yeah and somehow i found that i knew people who just bought the kind of cheap surround things you know from argos or something uh and that was fine i didn't really meet many people who had really high-end surround things it kind of went really into consumer very quickly and people just kind of did it to go with the tv and never really reaped the benefits of what audio can sound like when you start messing with phase and positioning and everything like that so i'm really curious now whether things kind of um get get better but catch on in a more uh not straight to consumer but more somewhere in the middle where it where it really is quite special yeah exactly i i had that thought about 15 years ago like when it was it was always big you know from from the moment it was introduced it was big in like hollywood right so like theaters and and you know uh adding and adding like effects to films to make the, the experience more realistic and stuff like that there was either that like the really commercial high profile hollywood productions or um like totally academic and experimental yeah. and conceptual stuff in galleries and and you know yeah. arts, art installations and stuff like that and there was nothing really in between so um yeah i i, I you know i had that thought and i sort of embarked on this sort of surround sound journey and eventually you know, did this dvd but um, the tools weren't really there at the moment you know it was just before um you know surround panels and stuff like that were introduced into doors and stuff um so there was a lot of hacking and max msp and reactor shit going on to to make it happen mm. uh, but it did teach me a lot about uh about mixing in general you know even when i went back to doing stereo mixing i picked up a lot of things about mixing in space and thinking spatially from that process uh, that yeah. i i was able to apply to um you know just to stereo mixing i think like uh Kamaru says you know you're not you're mixing in a field you know if you have two speakers you can suggest space but you're still mixing on one axis you know it's like the from left to right it's just one line basically and mm. if you if you have a more than two speakers or four or five or even more um you're creating a field like a three-dimensional or not a three-dimensional but a, a thing with um, a depth and a, and a width you know and yeah. and you can position stuff inside the field uh, yeah. which is which is only you know which is way more uh, complex and and um yeah uh, a diff- it's a totally different effect than from placing something in a stereo field it actually makes a lot of difference and you know um yeah it just opens up so many uh new ideas and new ways of thinking about spatial sound it's interesting yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was wondering, what did you run into? You know, because if you if you start doing this stuff, then uh, you kind of have to force yourself to listen to what you're doing in a different way. Yeah, you just have to. Yeah, like really think about it, or like even sketch like your your setup and what what you want to happen in the spatial field, because. 
um, even as you move through the space, things change and yeah, like working with the axis, you can even like, you can make so many mistakes that you, because you can, how you map your, how you work in with like this, like um, your room or your setup in your studio and you're presenting this maybe in a, in a gallery and the setup is a bit different. It can alter mm. how yeah. things change or heightly sound there because it's different. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually like the idea. I, I know it's a bit Elon Musk, but I'm quite into <laughs> the idea. Nothing is good when you preface it with that. Now <laughs> <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> no, I, I'm kind of thinking maybe the only way around this is uh, to have some kind of chip the links to how your brain processes what you hear that can communicate with the system so wherever you walk it computes the right thing for your ears to hear um at any time so to get around the problem of oh the sweet spot yeah yeah the sweet spot you kind of i I don't know whether I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I can see that being something that would work, you know, and that well, totally get rid of the problem. Yeah, or, I mean, the, the other way yeah. to think about it is, though, is to make something or to to produce the work in such a way that um, it creates an interesting result no matter where you are in the between the speakers, you know. And uh, I've also, you know, th there is still spatial information, even if you're outside of the of the ring of speakers or the positioning, you know, because things are coming towards you and things are going away from you. So there is a, a, a different sense of sense of depth of the sound, even if you're outside of the uh, not if, not in outside of the sweet spot, but outside of the actual speaker setup, there is still something else going on than you would you normally hear on a stereo system. So. Once you experience that, you can also think about, um, you know, doing things that sound not only good in the exact sweet spot, but also do interesting things uh, in different positions of listening. That's another way. Just forget about the, the whole sweet spot thing. It's just disregarded. Or you could just get a chip. <laughs> yeah, that's the easy way. <laughs> that's you know, not easier. Or that. <laughs> Especially if you could plug it in and unplug it, you know. So you didn't, you know, like a socket. You know. Oh, I'm I'm totally up for that, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm there. Man. Look, you know, we're having jabs. Let's have the chip. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm allergic to. Uh, to kind of failing headphone uh, socket, you know sockets, you know, you know, everybody has had them. You know, oh, your headphone yeah. did you have to wiggle in order to, for it to work? You know what I mean? I would oh, yeah. absolutely hate that if that would happen in something which was attached to my head. You know, oh, <laughs> it would be terrible. <laughs> it would drive me crazy. Yeah, yeah, I have to walk around like this to make it work all the time. Yeah, man, that's you know, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe wireless is the way to go. I guess yeah. it's interesting. I find it interesting. I find it really interesting, you know, the whole how we hear things and you know, the, what we perceive, it's yeah. um, and how it affects our brain, you know, and you know, there's um. 
I was talking about this the other day, the, um, uh, because we've been doing some mentoring and stuff here. There's an old uh, experiment that I saw, audio experiment, when I was at school. We went to a lecture um, and an audio guy was talking to us about sound. It's one of the only lectures I ever went to. And uh, it was in the middle of London, proper old uh, lecture hall with the rows of seats, you know. And what he did, is, it's, it's got a proper name, this, but it's, um, I can't remember the, the guy's name who discovered it, but he plays you what sounds like a, a garbled sentence. So, you know, it's unintelligible. It's, it's the frequencies messed up. You can't tell what the person's saying. And then he asked the audience, can someone de- tell me what, what was said in that sentence? Nobody can. And then he tells you what the words are in that sentence. And then he plays it back. And you yeah. can understand every single word of that sentence because your brain already knows what to, what to look for. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, I think it's an amazing, I mean, that always stuck with me. It's like, how can your brain just fill in those gaps even though the sound is exactly the same, you know, the way we kind of process things, repeatability and how things that are repeated all stay the same. The, our brains get used to it and, and learn from it. And, and I think get comfortable with it. The more we hear something, we get more comfortable. Um, you know, if you listen to the dialogues over and over again, they become more comfortable in the darker areas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, it's an interesting area, I think. You know. Yeah, Snow Snow says um vision works the same and and it's true, I think. It's like um you know, pattern recognition, you know. Um uh, mm. brain is looking is brain is looking for patterns basically and and uh, filling in the gaps like yeah. you're you're not always I mean even you think you have a awareness of the room around you. You're not. You're ba- you're kind of making it up, or you're trusting it's still there if you don't look, you know. And uh, you build this sort of model of where you are, and only you're only focused on a very very tiny spot in your vision. Yeah. Um, and it's way less than you actually actually think it is. It is. You know. You kind of scan through it, and and the whole picture is kind of created by your brain. It's not in your vision. It's not in in your actual vision. Um, yeah, so the yeah. The only same. thing that exists is perception. That's all. Yeah. We don't, we don't know whether there's anything else outside of our perceptions, and we never will. That's oh. deep. That's it true. Is. I like yeah. it. <laughs> <It's a cart>. <laughs> <laughs> I studied uh, philosophy. That was what. That's what I have my degree in. <laughs> it's very useful and making me oh, realize. Oh, so what I came out with that degree is I know absolutely nothing. Cool. You know, which is, uh, is the right result. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely, it's been helpful. You know, it's, uh, it just, tra- it basically trains your brain, uh, ways of just to be critical of everything that you, to be critical of everything you're presented with. And that's helpful. I feel like, or not. <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't. Ha- I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But look, don't you think that is that a phenomenon happens regardless uh, of the f of what uh, the thing that you hear is complete or not? You know, like this is an example of of um, like. Uh, you know, a, a way to to make you aware of the fact that your brain is kind of filling in the gaps. But doesn't the same always same thing always happen when you listen to music? You know, there's always, especially in the kind of music we do. You know, like with lots of uh, room for people to interpret. You know, you can have you can have music which is sort of uh, can only be almost only be be perceived in one way because it's got vocals and it's got a hook line and all that stuff. But if it's more abstract, you know the mind kind of wanders around and, and picks the f focus, you know, on different places in the music and kind of make, mm. makes its own story with it, you know. It's always, you know, with a, especially with the music, the dialogue type music, you know, like the sort of more abstract sort of meandering type stuff um, or even, even more sparse like the stuff that Joseph does, you know, like uh, it, it leaves a lot of room for interpretation you know and the, the you know the mind or kind of fills the gaps you know you can have a different experience listening to the same thing um yeah. if you listen to them f from a, in a different time yeah yeah or, or depending what state your brain's in yeah <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's can it? so, yeah yeah um i did note um yeah, England have equalised us. Yes. Were, yeah. So now it's one one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or they didn't equalise the zero. I thought they were equalised already <laughs> at zero. So not at they, one. Now. They, they were one. Yeah, they were a goal down, and now they're one one. So uh, yeah, there's hope yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, Joseph, do do you um, consciously leave? Uh, space for the listener for interpretation like are you are you is that something you're you're occupied with when you're making a composition do you take these things in consideration um i'm actually maybe not thinking about the listeners much because uh yeah it's just open for them to like interpret the piece however because i find a lot of my pieces even for myself, every time I listen back to them, it's like something new that I I hadn't heard of, and it's it's in the piece, <laughs> and also it's maybe quite subliminal or try. It's like this not uncertainty of like the music in itself, but it's already done, and it's interesting just how different people have like different perspectives or how the piece is and like hearing back the what they think about the piece in, in itself because yeah um but also like i i usually try and have this invocation of people thinking like is this happening in the piece or is it happening outside the piece mm. yeah yeah that's cool so that blur, blurring blurring the boundaries <laughs> yeah yeah blurring the boundaries between what you feed them and and how what it what the environment could also be yeah that's cool yeah that is awesome nice do you, uh, do you tend to, do you tend to think quite visually when you're making something joseph or 
mostly like um, I'm thinking about the sound because uh, this like we we live in a visual like ocular centric world where we just sort of try and see like things maybe through sound but um, for example I've done an installation where it's like super dark and it's only like the sound and you have to sort of try and move within the space with your like body but try like the sound is like the control of where you'd be and yeah for this was just like one to heighten like the listening like perspective and not like think about like the what you see yeah mm. Mm. that must be interesting to try and walk through that yeah yeah um look you gotta update me on your pro progress on the um, uh colossus yeah because <laughs> it's been around for a while now you've got you had time to uh to uh to explore it is there anything you found yeah. out about it anything new any um any thoughts um well rule number one you've got to take a day out so there's, <laughs> no, uh, there's none of this i'm just you know you can't be in the middle of a track and think oh, i'll just quickly get something out of the colossus you might <laughs> 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 you got to start right on today i'm going to sit down and i have some speakers for it mm. and you know i sit here with a chair and it takes a good you know for what we were talking about the uh the secret dialogue uh you know i sat down for a, i don't know five hours to to try and get something going it's it's very much a, a workstation and it's um for me when you work on it you tend to kind of try and create lots of different parts so you can create beats and then you tend to gravitate towards well, i think i'll do something over that so from from the way i experience it it's very it's it's not so much about uh like one sequence it's more about how how many different things can I get going interacting yeah. with it? You mean, all oh, right, okay. So you mean at the same time, not like overdubbing, but you actually create parts yeah. um, on different sec sections of the machine at the same time. Yeah. So you can bring them in and out um, at different times. It yeah. feels it feels like a, a, an analog workstation. I mean, you can use it how you want. It's re it's really comp comprehensive in its routing. Um. But it's I've, I've I found it's not something um, you kind of got to know. You you got to know the basics of synthesis for a star, and uh, you got to get that one. You got to learn how the matrix matrices work, and once you've learned all that, I think you can just forget it all and then have fun experimenting. Um, but it's such a I mean it has twelve oscillators, so. You know, there's no shortage of. <laughs> it has eight filters, um, four 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 envelopes ADSRs, four ADRs, uh, 
fourth ECAs, a double sequencer, ring modulator and stuff like that. It's, it's, there's a lot on there, you know, there's a lot on there. So, but in a way it's a very traditional synth. There's no digital circuitry. So it's, it's very old school, very old, which is why I liked it. Cause mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was quite, it's quite simple really in the way it's things are laid out. What, what you would expect from a synthesizer. There's just a lot of it and the routing is, can be very complex. Mm -hmm. using oscillators to affect other oscillators you know you can create frequency modulation any kind of modulation really you can do really quite crazy things you just using the oscillators to affect things which is what i really like about it it's good for making drum sounds as well actually does the which size does the, does the size of the thing in in any way influence uh, how you work on it because i i feel like when i'm working with i i mean i have nothing as big as that thing you know that's that's an absolute colossus <laughs> but yeah. you know for example with an with a 2600 or something and you're behind it you know it sort of demands this attention from you and you interact with it in a in a more sort of uh, you know, you almost feel humble <laughs> sitting behind it, you know, because it's such a big uh, yeah. physical machine. It's it's big and brutish and, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. You know, you don't fiddle around on it. You've got to really, you've got to give it It demands time. your attention. It <laughs> yeah, it does. So it's not something I do every day, uh, but it looks good as well. So, it look, you know, it, 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 I like the look of it as well i think it looks good which yeah. is not why i got it but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's get this thing in my studio which takes up half the, half the space <laughs> just because just i like for this. instagram right you yeah. got it for instagram yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah so like, it's a lot of fun it's it's, it's fun it's fun it really is uh, I think uh, somebody's asking, how is the mixer in the VCA section? Does it have like the classic EMS stuff, all these uh, different ways of overdriving in in every stage? Because that was that was part of the classic, you know, like the original. I mean, it's not it's not to, trying to be um, uh, a copy, although it does look like very it does look like a, a Cinti mm -hmm. 100 very much. Um, but it, it the part of the sound of the original, the Synthi and the Synthi 100 is the saturation that takes place in every uh, module. Basically, every little uh, thing has its own kind of, you know, gain, and um, and adding all those together in the signal path, you know, creates this really thick sound. Does this, does this machine have that too? It it doesn't. I mean, if you just wire up a simple synth chain. Um, it's clean, polite, and you know, very vanilla. Really, you know, there's <laughs> nothing, nothing special. But as soon as you start bringing in the, the routing, because you can, you can do so much with the matrices, and double up things, and you can um, use anything to drive something else. You can actually take it much too far. It can get incredibly out of hand, and where just adjusting a slight, um, you know, if you take the, uh, you know, the VCAs, depending how you got it wired up, just a slight adjustment in the level or the 
um, CV level can totally throw everything into chaos. So the way I work on it is quite experimental. So I just kind of plug a lot of stuff in and think where I want stuff to go. And hopefully, and it usually turns into something else. Um, <laughs> but what I like about it is it, it, it becomes uncontrollable where we're just a slight turn of something can totally destroy um, the set, what, what you, where you were. So it goes from being very, very basic to this kind of cake, just a chaos really. And that's, that's, that's the bit I like about it. It's, it becomes quite impossible to know what's, a, what, what's really going on because mm. of the overdrive that happens and, you know, too much level to, you take away some of the level and then that totally changes. It's a bit hard to explain, but it's, 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 you know, it's, um, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like, it's uh, not regulated. It's yeah. not regulated. You know, there's no, there's no on and off. It's, uh, probably e each module's slightly different as well. You know, nothing's really set a hundred percent. Yeah, so it, allow, it, it allows you to kind of get, get to that little that spot in in where how things are working in in the patch where you are like in between uh, kind of being able to guess where it goes, uh, you know, to the point where it's just going all unpredictable and and, and chaos. <laughs> I like yeah. actually, I like that because some sometimes yeah. the the best interesting and you know moments come out of those uh, situations where it's all sort of yeah. uncontrollable and sort of leading its own life. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, and if you don't lay it down, if you don't record something, you've come it's up gone with forever. Down, it's, it, yeah. it doesn't sound the same when you the next day. So yeah, yeah I love that. You do just you, got to do it then. Do you do you do you do you do that, um, Colleen? Get patch up your modular in such a way that you have no idea what's going to happen, or are you? Yeah. yeah? yeah. <laughs> well, not no idea what's going to happen, but I can't ever make it go back to where right. it was. I have this um, another Verbose Electronics, <laughs> um, a multi um, voltage multi stage, so it's like a slider kind of sequencer. But I I put the um, I have. Um, the sliders are so sensitive that one little knock to it and it'll be gone forever. It also depends on where do I start the sequence when I press play, which also doesn't go back to the beginning. So I can come up with this magical thing and it's just like, it's now or never. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> which is, I think is also good because it uh, forces you to like make decisions. If you can go yeah. back to something over and over again, you could be like, Oh, I'll work on that tomorrow. You know, and then again, you also lose the energy of it. So it's yeah, cool this could... to just know that you have to do it, and it's either good or it's not. And if not, then you discard it and do something else. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, I mean that this is something that comes up all the time. You know, like um, people who use electronic tools to create music. Uh, somehow they like to be in in this in this area or in the spot where um, the machines are actually uh, doing some stuff which is not planned. Or I mean, if uh, you can think that we want to kind of control everything uh, and and be very sort of um, uh, you know tailoring things a lot, you know. But often it's it's the opposite. It's like 
you know, just uh, make something happen and then uh, be surprised by whatever comes out yeah. and trying to capture that, right? Yeah. And, but especially true for analog gear, uh, I guess, you know, can be so unpredictable and all over the place. It's cool when you when you do something and and it surprises you what what you know you cause it but you don't really th yeah. thought of it you know. I love when you're learning new gear. That's the most fun part. If you because especially with modules with certain modules, I'm just like I don't you know you first get something you really don't know the potential of it and then you just try something and you're like oh cool, thank you, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> I, had a, I love that. I had a similar experience with a a module like at the ERGRM studios in Paris. It's called like the Sage. Mm -hmm. And I had so much fun because it's like very basic. And um, I think maybe seven variable oscillators and you can like patch them again and again. And it cannot break because it's like fully analog and it's so intuitive. And um just as like lucas mentioned you just have to sit on it and like understand what's happening and i had a day i was just like recording and jamming on this on this sage like it's like a grandfather it's so old and the sounds were just um <laughs> super random and when you change something very slightly there's a totally like new sound and you're just like amazed by like simple patches on on actual like oscillators to like make this complex textures from it, yeah. So yeah. so when you're when you're um, uh, assembling stuff using field recordings and and working inside a door, do you have any tricks to uh, to set things up in such a way that that you get like surprising moments or like um, or are you very um you know do you lay out your stuff very consciously like uh, in a timeline or something or do you have what i mean is like that's one of the things that i find difficult working inside the box you know like retaining that energy of uh things happening uh because everything is so um yeah you have to really think about every every move that you make basically and nothing ever happens just because it happens yeah um Although I use like Ableton much or like the like the box a lot, um, I I think I stop using like the grid lines inside Ableton and like the metronome. Yeah. So I just everything like I record like if it's a pad or like a synth, I just like go with what's already there and just like record on top and not thinking about the the click or anything. Yeah, it's just like going very open and recording and i find this very like free and you can just even just drop a field recording not thinking like what will happen but will interact well with the piece that you're making and just make a few adjustments yeah yeah that's right if you if you throw in a, a long stretch of audio you can have the same kind of surprise to how it's going to interact with the rest. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was one other thing that just uh, jumped in my head, but I forgot about it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, I had another question for, uh, for about this process, but... Um, Somebody asked a good question, I think. Is it possible 
to achieve similar results using some sort of virtual Euro rack V. Yeah. That's this is question. one. Thanks, Ander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't personally have an answer to it, but I think it's a very good question. Maybe somebody does have an answer too. <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't um, similar results. I mean, I guess the person means that um, like this unpredictability, right? That's probably um, yeah. You can you can have uh, you can have that kind of uh, totally surprising. <laughs> stuff happening uh when you uh or in, inside the box when you when you use stuff that has sort of you know random aspects to it or um you know if you patch things together in a similar way that you would use that you would do in on a on a physical modular system it can oh. definitely happen for sure yeah just um just you know keep on adding modifiers until you <laughs> get unpredictable stuff you know like max max for life for example or even in bitwig or whatever you can um you can get lots of unpredictable stuff uh, inside a computer for sure yeah i think every sound generator on a computer should have some kind of random button which uh, gets missed missed off a lot on plugins yeah. actually you know, yeah. because there's nothing like pressing a random button and just hope you know seeing what comes out. And you usually, if if you do find something, you usually wouldn't be able to come out come up with that. Well, and especially if the random function also lets you exclude certain things, you know, because mm. having everything randomizing completely with uh, you know like the full scale of, of the of the parameter, uh, there's only one in every I don't know very few that will actually yield some results you know and if you can kind of narrow it down a little bit like for example the reverb or the the length of the reverb or something if you can just you know sort of mm. modify that uh, or the pitch of something i don't know just anything that makes it makes it un makes it uh go outside of a range and just end up being complete noise you know uh, mm. unless that's what you're after of course but um um, it, yeah. that, 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 that person that was asking about, um, you know, whether you can do the same thing in plugins as a modular. I mean, there is actually, I forget the name, but there is kind of a free open source modular. Uh, VCV plugin. rack. Is that what it's called? Yeah, VCV rack, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty good. You know, I, I haven't really delved into it big time myself, but I, I, I know it is good. Um, there's also another Viet, um, plugin, which I really do. There's a few plugins I love, but there's one called Generate, which is a set. Oh, the, yeah, the, um, I love that. And Pendulum, mm. it's... Newfangled. Yes, yes. Yeah. I um, was also thinking about that when you said the randomized button, because that one is so great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, that's, that's a big step in, uh, you know, doing something fresh with a synth yeah. plugin. And, uh, He's also just added uh, being able to change um, the scaling. Oh, really? Being able to, um, yeah. I, I actually emailed him when it first came out. I said, look, look, this is great, man, but put in some different scaling here so we can go in between the notes and get it all really all over the place. And yeah. He's incorporated that using oh, nice. some of it. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, that's, I just think it's, um, I'm, you know, he's not—he's he, not paying me to promote it. Just, <laughs> it's a good step forward to yeah. uh, when these things come out. 
is thinking a bit differently about synths, um, especially on the computer where you have a lot of recreations of, you know, the Moog or traditional synths, or they're so complicated that it's, you know, it's too much. It's too much to learn exactly what's going on, but something like generates rate is quite simple, but it's highly, you know, you must have checked it out yourself, mm. Colleen. It's yeah. very, very effective. Yeah, I'm not a VST yeah. person very much, but that one is epic. Yeah, Tick. cool. I have, yeah. I, I haven't used <laughs> it. I'll check. I'll check it out. No, uh, yeah. And, actually, and I think that the, the I think the Pendulum is that maybe even free version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can try it. That uh, the Pendulum and then That's the generator. Yeah. <laughs> So it's really, I've gotten some really cool stuff that I've sampled and then put into my uh, tip top one sampler. And then you could totally like mangle it with like uh, CV. And I've had so many cool, I've done so many cool things with that. So I'm cool. Really yeah, Toten, Toten Tons 137 is uh, mentioning Synplant here, which is um, the same people who make the Microtonic, I think. Anyway, but uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but I, I, I use that quite a bit, actually, the Synplant, and it's got this unconventional uh, interface, so it's, it doesn't have the, like, the regular uh, synth parameters, but it just has, you know, stuff. You can drag stuff, you know, and it doesn't really um, say or what it, what it is, but it, <laughs> it, it just is a, has a very funny layout with, uh, I think it's circular. I, I, it's funny if you, if you're not behind it, you can't, I can't recall exactly what it looks like, but it has, um, basically it forces you just to listen what happens, you know, instead of being, know exactly what you're going to do. It just lets you move yeah. things around and then, yeah, basically you just judge by ear instead of trying to make something happen. It's, um, it lets you sort of interact with it and and stumble upon things, which is which is a great way to do it, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. One forces second. you to use your ears. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, anything else, guys? Because. Um, Usually we we give uh, everybody at the end uh, a little time to talk about their current projects or to um, to do some plugging or or should we just continue anything? Somebody was asking you about your modular on top of the Colossus, uh, Luke. Is, um, that is that connected to the Colossus as well? It can be. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, up there. I've got an EMS synth, um, an EMS, um, well, it's basically the, uh, the trapezoid. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. License from EMS. And um, there's uh, this this thing up here I really like. It's, um, what's it called? Oh, yeah, a Woggle Bug. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's classic. It's a random... Yeah, classic random. I like random stuff. So I yeah. kind of, these, these are really just kind of, um, you know, there's, there's a MIDI interface and an interface for the Bookler easel. So because it works on a different um, voltage. And um, 
Yeah, there's a few, but it's not a lot. Up. I mean, re- you know, really with the Colossus, it's if if I started buying modular stuff, then I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, good, good like, point. Yeah, come on. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I didn't really go down the modular route. You know, it's um, yeah, there's, it's more interfaces really up there to uh, get stuff in and out, timing, clocks, um, and a few things to randomize stuff. Right. So it's it's not like a, it's just a collection of stuff. There's no plan behind the way you laid it out or anything. No, no, no. I, just, I stick it up there because you can patch it into the um, Colossus. So it's easy to get stuff in and out. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, that's that's the thing, you know. If you start modular, then you have to basically design your instrument and, and really think hard about the layout and stuff like that. So, and in this case, it's it's just a bunch of tools sitting on top of it's, the... It's yeah. a bunch of modules sitting on top, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Bastillion at uh, Kamaru um, is the video which was called Places... Uh, that was shown on the Ableton Loop uh, a few weeks ago to be published somewhere else. You yeah, it's very inspiring. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, you watched it, and yeah, it'll be published next month. Yeah. Awesome. What is it? Yeah, it's a, a little documentary I did with Ableton on field recording. Yeah. Oh, cool. And yes, yeah, it's, it's a nice film. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I'll uh, I'll check it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was when when you were out of the room, Luke. I was uh, saying, you know, maybe we should, uh, um, you know, give everybody some uh, some air and see the tail end of the of the game. And uh, yep. it's still one one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it's not going to be another one of those penalty ones. You know, that's it's always always uh, so unfair. I think. Because it's so random, so it's so random, you know. Anyway, the random button for football. Yeah, the random button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so we we usually we usually end with uh, you know anything that any of us want to share. Um, you know, just the, the the round of plugs, basically. Um, okay. So, if any one of you, let's start with uh, Kamaru. Anything you want to share with the audience? Like, where can people find your music? Any project you've co- coming up? Like, any gigs? Any workshops? This is the time. Yeah, um, you can find my music KMRU at Bancam. Yeah, mostly at Bancam, and that's where I put most of my stuff. Um, upcoming gigs. Uh, I'm look. I'm I'm working on this. Uh, multi-channel ambisonic piece which will be presented in Graz um, in October on a 48 channel system and I'm looking forward to this one and yeah um, 48 channels 48 Holy channels shit. <laughs> yeah. is that like yeah, uh, only only one one uh, like 40 channel surround thing or is it going up in uh, in um, is it is it like three uh, Ds like horizontal and vertic- uh, vertical at the same time or it's sort of like a dome oh wow yeah cool. yeah but this is like object based and you can move the sound 
like not thinking about the speakers, just like this the the space itself. Yeah. And is that going to be at one location, or is it that is that going to travel, or? Um... Yeah, it, it, this can be like it can move because it's like object based. It's not specific to because you can reduce like the number of outputs. Yeah. Or if there's a system, if um, if there's like a location with more than 48, you can extend your channels to the oh, level. Scalable. Yeah. Or like nice. reduce. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, awesome. And yeah, just looking oh. forward to share more music soon. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. Yeah, I saw you also do like uh, sort of shorter albums that are basically just one track. And you just when you, you just put it out on Bandcamp as as a track or as a piece without um, you know worrying too much if it's an album format or anything. It's just a you know it's I like that you know it's good. Yeah, it's nice yeah. nice idea. Nice one, cool man. Um, thanks for joining us. I uh, really enjoyed talking to you and uh, uh, enjoyed playing together with you as well. Yeah, and looking forward to that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Luke, anything except other other than the dialogue stuff? Um, well, miraculously, um, I'm off to the Netherlands at the end of this week, which has uh, been harder than you can imagine to even travel anywhere <laughs> for a long time. So um, I got three special seventh plane live shows. In um, two in uh, two in Holland, one in Berlin, actually. Oh, wow. uh, so I actually prepared for them last autumn, and then everything went down again. So yeah. to actually be able to do them, you know, in July is is, is a miracle. I feel mm. like it's a miracle just being able to do that. Um, I'm doing a few DJ dates as well. Uh, basically, I'm going to be in Holland for about a month. And Come say hi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll give it more. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's an adventure, really, because everything has changed so much that you don't even know whether you're going to get somewhere. Mm. And uh, that puts an extra dynamic on everything. So every everything's a plus, really. Just yeah. every step is a plus. You know, yeah. getting there is a plus. The, the event happening is a plus. <laughs> so, yeah, it's summer in Holland. Cool. So, uh, what does a seven plane, seventh plane show look like? Is it you improvising uh, in on, on a small range of gear? What, what is it? It's, it's quite a bit of gear, actually. But really, oh. what I wanted to do was recreate the gear that I made the tracks on. Mm -hmm. So there's quite a bit of gear from the 90s, especially the effects, which were all 90s effects. Um, but so you're logging, like, logging around MIDI verbs and shit like that? I, I'm actually bringing a MIDI verb and a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's, you know, that's, that's what it was. But um, I don't even know if you can get them anymore. But, so, yeah, they're coming with me. But I've been working a lot on uh, the Prophet X synth. Uh, which I really like, and so we're hiring one of them. And there's a lot of pieces I've created on that that I put around. It's a mixture of the old seventh plane and some new ideas 
that I've been playing with over time. Uh, so it's quite it's quite an ambient kind of show in a way, but there is some of the old tracks that are quite popular. The best, the best of. <laughs> So, so yeah, it's a live show. Yeah. yeah, so so it's like a recreated live, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, not com completely improvised, but still um, not completely. Live. Improvised, yeah, no. yeah, but, yeah. I really wanted to be able to sort of perform it live. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of gear. Hired, hired a lot of gear. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Now, it's you know? it's a, a, an extra challenge. <laughs> I guess you know everything's on yeah, top of yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what am I doing we're in the middle of a pandemic and yeah. I'm trying to pull off some kind of new life show you know <laughs> I don't know man but it's, it feels good it feels good to to get this far you know nice, I haven't man. even left yet yeah I'll come to see you man uh, if you're here I'll definitely yeah, come I'll, over I'll, and, uh, and check it out I'll come and see you man yeah <laughs> we'll do both where are you playing in Berlin <laughs> where in Berlin um Now, uh, it's something like Pots, Potsnan, Pots. Oh, in Potsdam? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think that's on the, I forget the date. Is it the 27th? Um, things have changed so much. I keep I'll check. I'll check here. <laughs> yeah. I'll, keep, it, I'll, I'll, I'll check your. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the first time any seventh plane stuff has been performed live, so nice. that's quite emotional. So, I'll be yeah. there. Oh. Yeah. Well, you got you yeah. got two two visitors already. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. That's You've already sold two tickets. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, Joseph, you can't stay behind, yeah. If if if, 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 uh, yeah, if Lucas in Berlin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I want to come over to now. I want to I want to check out this 48 channel thing going on, man. No, this great. is happening in in Graz in Vienna in October. Yeah. 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 Cool. I have to call my agent and get a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, Colleen, anything you want to share? Well, you know, as usual, uh, many things I can't talk about. So, but two or three compilations, uh, tracks on compilation, which I've really enjoyed doing compilations, actually. It's been really nice to, it's just been really nice to, you know, to share a release with a lot of people, you know, that I don't know. So it's another thing kind of connecting. And now I'm working on, um, working, always working on more music. So, um, also trying to resurrect, um, my idea to use the MPC live, which hasn't been going terribly well <laughs> every time. Like I'm going to sell it. Uh, let me, Okay, oh, let me just one see, of those. you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it, but it is the only thing, it's it's actually the only machine I have that's easy to to use unquantized. So I'm trying to work on um, doing a lot of unquantized techno. Wow, okay. Yeah, not easy. I don't know if it's going to work, but that's my project. So it's just wow. fun, more important to have a project, even if it doesn't work. Yeah, so yeah. Trying to make it work is... It's a fun part of what we do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'll come you, up with something amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, a good you, idea. You, you, I mean, you've you played live quite a lot, though, Colleen, haven't you? Yeah, only seen, actually. Quite a lot. Yeah, I've been DJing six years, maybe. Right. 
because yeah. if I don't play live all the time, I won't be good at it. That's how, for me, it's like the more I do it, the better it is. And, and then also, you know, DJing is, takes, takes some time, you know, collecting music and all this. It's like, I really un, find it unbelievable people that DJ and play live like equally. That's like so much harder than, because you have to prepare, you have to spend yeah, some time preparing for a DJ set as well. And I'm just, I like everything to work all uh, together so that everything I'm preparing for the live show, then I'm writing things that I can record and then I'm performing the live show. So it literally is everything is working together towards mm. one end. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a efficient. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Focused. Yeah. yeah. Efficient creativity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this term. I look, there's this horrible building going up in Berlin and near my place. And like, it's going to be Amazon headquarters. It's like terribly depressing story, but like, uh, they have like the most, the most ridiculous, like buzzword website where you're like, what are they? They're like smart technology, sustainability, you know, all these like corporate buzzwords that they think people want to hear, but they don't explain anything at all. It's only buzzwords. It's almost, it's so ridiculous. It's almost amazing. I was like, wow, this is like, they've really, really done such a good job at saying completely nothing while throwing out every buzzword you could imagine that they think people in Berlin care about. But they had this thing called for productive creation. <laughs> that was one of their things so it's a space for productive creativity it's like oh my god that was the that was the most depressing term ever so it just came Good. to mind productive creativity would make a nice t-shirt yeah <laughs> wear that on stage and it'll be famous <laughs> productive creativity sucks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, it was great to. Uh, that, you know? Oh, sorry. I, uh, yeah. Uh, Check I was... <laughs> the headphones. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Appear more human. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, this is referring to a joke we were having before, I believe. So <laughs> yeah. Maybe not so funny. People <laughs> <don't> understand. <laughs> cool. So, All right, yeah, guys. A lot of that. <laughs> nice one um so yeah i i have one uh one thing or two things i want to mention one is the patreon page and check that out if you if you like what we do here and uh, uh, you can get all kinds of free stuff actually uh we do sound packs every month and the next one coming up is is an interesting one it's um uh, in this basement, there is like uh, other rooms and stuff, and and uh, we decided we would would clean it up and have a fresh start, like a post pandemic kind of thing. Uh, if it if if this is post pandemic anyway, we don't know. But everybody had time to <laughs> <laughs> everybody had time to uh, to get together and uh, and just clean the whole out clean out the whole basement. And um, it's very reverberant here, you know. It's like concrete and long long spaces and stuff. So put we put the uh, field recorder out there with us you know sort of you know uh, smashing tiles and, and you know shuffling things and doing all that kind of stuff and um we recorded that whole thing for about uh, three three and a half hours and got about 600 amazing you know percussion 
type sounds out of it. They're all, um, you know, metal on concrete and, you know, wood on concrete and stuff like that, you know. So, like, all kinds of um, variations of um, hits, basically. So, um, so that will be uh, on the Patreon page next month, or this month, actually. Yeah, um, <laughs> you can hear some of the sweating. <laughs> yeah. So that's an interesting one. Fritz was part of the making of, so that's a um, um, shout out to Fritz, yo. Uh, and the other one is the that I want to mention is the Discord server. Check it out. Check out the Discord server. That's where all the nerds hang out and uh, chat about the stuff we chat about here, you know, like making music. Lots of uh, information there, really nice exchanges. So, um, yeah, have a look there. Sander should be posting the links in the, in the chat, I think. Um, and that's it for me. So, great people. Thanks for hanging out. I really enjoyed it. Um, and um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Fingers thank crossed you. for England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. All right. All right. All right. See you later. Bye, everyone. Ciao, ciao. ciao. ciao.